Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,449. We won't change yesterday and we can't control tomorrow. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Calling in from Burbank, California, Catherine Sutton. Hey, Catherine, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I hope so. Let's do it. I'll do my best not to crash. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, don't crash. I'm in the car. Okay. Uh, I got to make it to this weekend. My daughter's getting married. So, Wonderful. you know, big weekend for me here. Yeah. Catherine Sutton left her job at DreamWorks, a place where she had been since it was a startup. She and her ex-husband started a crazy little business called Johnson Motors, where motorcycles, art, books, magazines, and clothing all collide together in a great little store tucked down an alleyway in Pasadena, California. She developed a passion for cars and their mechanical and practical perspectives and has participated in vintage car rallies since 2012 in California and Arizona. When she's not driving, she spends her time as a CASA volunteer for foster youth and she is on the board of the Checker Flag 200, a premier membership group for my friends at the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles. Catherine, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about your life. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion that you have for automobiles? Sure, Mark. Thank you very much. Well, obviously, the first thing to add is that I'm not originally from America. I moved over here um, from England. So I've, I've been in uh, LA since the mid 90s and absolutely love it. It was one of those opportunities that I was faced with. And I remember thinking at the time when I came over, the worst thing that could happen was I'd spend a couple of years here and I'd end up going back to London with 
better teeth possibly and a suntan. <laughs> that didn't work out quite the way I expected. Um, and as you said, you know, the, the car thing sort of crept up on me, um, I would say. I've always loved driving, but I had the opportunity through friends and other experiences to expand into it becoming more than just a, a passing fun to a really important aspect of my life. And the rally driving, the vintage rally driving is something I absolutely adore. Yeah, I'm jealous. I, I'd love to do some of these events that they've had. I've had a lot of people on the show here that conduct these events, the California Melee and mm-hmm. Copper State and some yeah. of these others. I, I've got to I've got to get out and get those done. Yes, you uh, do. So I'm a, yeah, they sound like a lot of fun for sure. My car's not quite old enough yet. It's only 32 years old. So I, I think it needs a little more, a little more time, but maybe I can jump in the, I noticed in one of the pictures you sent me a beautiful 356 Porsche. That's right. I have a 356 Porsche. It's a 64 and I affectionately refer to it as the egg. The egg. Yeah. I love it. Well, <laughs> you listeners can go to the Cars yeah website and uh, you can check out that picture. I'll put it up there on Catherine's show notes page. Well, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. So I'm kind of saying it's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars yeah. So Catherine, grab the wheel. Okay. So the one I really do live by is we can't we won't change yesterday and we can't control tomorrow. So stand, stand tall, breathe deep and focus on today because life is always easier to deal with, appreciate and understand in the moment. You know, I love that whole concept and it all evolves around worrying about the unknown or worrying about the past versus living for the day, right? Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. And it's a hard thing sometimes to do, but if you can bring everything back to right here, right now, it's much easier to manage. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was, I've got a lot coming up with my daughter getting married, very emotional time, uh, you know, thinking about the past year, thinking about next year, all this stuff. So let me ask you this. How do you get yourself into that current mindset? Do you have any little tricks or tips you might share with me about how to do that, how to quiet those other ends of your brain that are like, oh, the past, oh, the future, and how I get centered on the now? Well, for me, it's actually something I discovered through um, a process called the Alexander Technique, which I used to study many years ago. And it's the easiest way to describe it is it's really about sort of thinking um, in terms of physical and emotional balance. But what I end up doing is just stop and breathe. I mean, it's, just, it's that simple, Mark. You know, when I start to feel that I'm, I'm getting a little wound up with things or, you know, the brain is shooting off in a multitude of different directions and I'm not I, I can. I have that sense of agitation, and I'm worrying about what I did yesterday, or I'm freaking out about what's happening tomorrow. Just think, stop. Just, just stop, <laughs> and take that moment and breathe, and just sort of try and find that 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 place right right deep down somewhere in the center, and and just connect with that. So you know, not too much. It's a bit like meditation, right? Yes, and meditation is not something I've ever tried. Um, but I suppose yes, you're right. It is. It's a sort of form of instant meditation, if you like, to just. Hold it, hold it, and, and and stay calm for a second. Well, I'm going to start trying that. Thank you for that. That's a nice little tip that you can share <laughs> with all our listeners today. We live in a world that we're just getting uh, bombarded with stuff all the time. Sometimes it's just too much for our brains uh, to take in. In fact, I, I do a weekly blog, and my blog, uh, we're a few weeks out from when this show will air, it talks about your brain and the way it works and how you can reprogram that. Uh, through a variety of techniques so that uh, uh, you're thinking more positively and not dwelling on negativity and how you can actually kind of reflash, like they reflash a computer board on a car. 
you can reflash your brain, uh, which is pretty cool. So I've been kind of practicing that. So for you listeners, go back and check out the Cars Yeah blog. Or if you don't get it, you can subscribe and I'll send you my free ebook. It's kind of cool. Well, let's talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a, a moment in your life when you look back when you knew that you were going to be a car gal? I always sort of, I, I, I suppose, really, I initially considered myself more of a driver. Um, I mean, growing up, I had a cousin who was always, he was always tinkering with something. You know, whenever I'd visit, there was, there was a car in various um, states of disarray. And I was, you know, I was often handed a screwdriver or a, or a nut or a bolt to hang on for him. And I was always interested in the idea of, of the mechanics of the car, not to the point of really jumping in and being that mechanically minded. But for me personally, I love being a driver. I suppose what I would say is, you know, it's really that first rally. So I, I had the egg and was, you know, was happy to drive her around town, but wanted to really explore the vintage car experience a little bit more deeply. So I signed up to do actually the Copper State. The Copper State was the first rally I ever tried in 2012. Nice. And it was wonderful. That's in Arizona, right? It's in Arizona, which wasn't a place I'd ever visited. Um, And I just assumed that Arizona was going to be pretty much the same as California in terms of environment and what it looked like and was astounded to discover how different it was. It's absolutely beautiful. If, if if, you know, if anyone's ever wondered, it's, it's so worth a trip. But on top of that, you know, so having this extraordinary opportunity to explore another part of the country, but really be welcomed into this group of people who were so lovely and so much fun and such enthusiasts. And I sort of, before I knew where I was, this was something that I realized felt like my tribe. So, <laughs> and it's continued. Yeah, it's, you know, what's really great about the car hobby, and my regular listeners have heard this dozens of times, is it really breaks down all barriers and boundaries. And it, it's a... Yeah catalyst the cars yeah. are to bring people together Absolutely. and in, enjoy the passion and share other people's passion learn about other vehicles and it kind of you know all the bad stuff or the the conflicting things in the world these days politics or religion say or um, socioeconomic backgrounds i mean you could be standing there talking to somebody that scraped up his pennies to have the car he has or a billionaire that has a garage full and it doesn't really matter uh, we just all share this passion we have for cars and to get to participate in a rally. Let me ask you this, because Arizona is a very, well, all the states are unique and you start to think everything's, it's like going to England. And if you've only been to London, you go, well, that's England. Well, no, get out to the countryside. You'll see some incredibly beautiful things. What was the biggest thing that struck you about driving through the beautiful state of Arizona? I think there's, there's two things. One is it's all of these extraordinary little microclimates. You know, Arizona's not that large, so you can, you know, go from, from top to bottom relatively quickly. But the difference in terms of the climate between northern Arizona and southern Arizona is absolutely the first thing that comes. Really dramatic, but also, you know, things like the Painted Desert and the Grand Canyon. So you have these really extraordinary, beautiful, beautiful aspects of the land. But also, uh, I think the thing I still to this day that I, I always come back to is this one area we drove through, and I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly where it is, but there's these bizarre looking rocks that they call hoodoos. And it felt like we were basically, we'd stumbled onto the back end of a, of a Tim Burton sort of space movie or something and the only thing that was yeah. missing was the mars attacks creatures because it truly looked like if you said to a kid draw mars that's what they would have come up with you know these crazy looking um objects and the colors and it's it's stunning it really is stunning it is 
Yeah, a great state to take a road trip through. And you're right, you get up in the northern part where you can be in the, in the trees and yeah, the forests and the canyons. And, and the snow. We've driven through snow. And it's sn- so yeah, much fun. Snow. <laughs> yeah, then you head, down, you head south and there's this desolation and desert and beautiful Sonora deserts with cactus. And I, it's just it's stunning. So I'm so glad you got to experience that. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. More importantly, what was the learning lesson here? How did you take that lesson and come out positively perfect on the other side? I don't know if I came out perfect, but um, (laughs) yeah, I suppose probably the the most, I think the most difficult thing that I've had to deal with in the last sort of 15 years was actually um, my mother was diagnosed with a very aggressive version of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease as it's known over here. Yeah, so we so were faced sorry. with that. Yeah, we were faced with that in 2002, and it came out of nowhere. It wasn't something that we'd expected. You know, I think the uh, and I actually had she was she was diagnosed here. Um, she she'd been visiting, and I just happened to take her to UCLA Stroke Center because all signs were pointing to something else, and we were just frustrated that there wasn't anything coming. You know, coming from from the doctors in the UK for no other reason than if you know anything about the disease. It, in the early stages, it seems to be so many other things, but none of them are really sort of coming together. So it wasn't that the you know the doctors were were not doing their job; they just hadn't been able to work out what was going on. Anyway, you know, so we discovered what was happening here, and they at the time anticipated with the version that she had probably three years, and we were more than halfway through that three year period when it was diagnosed. So sixteen months later, unfortunately, we lost her. But I think for me, the hardest thing was. My mother goes back to England. She's being looked after in England. You know, my sister's in England and I was here. And balancing that, the distance and that feeling of guilt and not being able to help and wanting to fix it and trying as much as possible. Um, and then when I would go back, I'd go back as regularly as I could. You know, I would suddenly see the disease in a very different way to everyone else around it because I'm coming up against it, you know, every couple of months and so for me it was monumental changes so on top of it I was then balancing my interpretation of what was happening my experience with what everyone else was dealing with so there was this 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 sort of constant sense of quicksand under our feet but I think really as well the hardest thing was for both my sister and I you know we we knew we were going to lose her we didn't know when but we knew we were going to lose her and one of the earliest symptoms unfortunately was that she then lost the ability to speak. My mother was one of these wonderful women who loved to talk, was was just was had the most fabulous nature and was a great a great person to to spend time with. But the communication was a really important part of how she um how she's always been remembered. And to see that being taken away from her and also for us, being faced with that understanding that any questions we still had to answer ask rather, you know, she wasn't going to be able to answer. I think was really was a was a was a huge huge challenge, you know, because you 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 want to have that experience of the woman. Yes, she's my mom, but I wanted to you know I had all the things I still wanted to find out about her, and now I I wasn't going to be able to. And I you know I know I'm not the first person to lose a parent, but I think anyone else that's gone through it, you understand when I say it. You know, it changes you at, at an absolutely cellular level. Um, and I think for me. What it gave me was that understanding, and again, maybe that goes back into you know the quote that I gave you. The only thing that's important is now. 
You know, you cannot take time for granted. And it doesn't matter how full the experience, how mundane it might seem to anybody else, make the most of it. If it's a cup of tea, if it's a conversation, if it's picking up a book, whatever, whatever it, you know, in inverted commas might be, just enjoy it because life is made up of so many little pieces of experience. And sometimes it's easy for us to be focusing on something in the future and not appreciating what we have right in front of us. Well, there's the the incredibly valuable lesson there. My condolences for that that loss. Uh, similar uh, things we went through here in our family with my wife's mother. And yeah, when you're that far away from them and you feel that the guilt is terrible. And at least in the case uh, with my wife, I just said, look, you've got to just quit working and go down there and spend these last months there. You got to do it. You'll never get them back. And while it was incredibly difficult and challenging, uh, you're right. Uh, so happy she did it. But but more importantly, what you just shared is important. It's, it's cliche. We all say it. We always think we're going to have tomorrow. We don't. But we may not. So you've got to stop. Like you said, breathe, take the time, call that friend, call that family member, spend a moment of time uh, because uh, this day we have today is a precious gift for sure. You know, I've lost five guests this year that have been on this show. They've all passed away. Two of them quite young uh, and quite surprisingly. And so, yeah, you just have to stop and go, okay, you know what? Don't waste a moment. And as we get older, like I am, old guy that I am, uh, time is the enemy because my gosh, it starts to accelerate. I think there's a natural Venturi effect that occurs when you get older with time. And I was just saying that to my wife the other day. What? How did this happen? You know, when, when, did, <laughs> when did it go? When did we get old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So valuable lessons here today. Let's talk a little bit about your first really special vehicle. It could be the egg that you shared with us here, but share a first car that you had and maybe a special memory you have about that vehicle. Uh, it would actually be my first car. So um, and I have uh, there's a pattern. I have a tendency to name my vehicles. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> this one was called Isabel Morris, and Isabel was a 1958 Gray Morris Minor, and uh, she was actually the first car I was ever lucky enough to own. And I just remember when the keys were handed to me, realizing that, you know, I was about to start driving down that road to real independence. You know, I grew up in England. Yeah. I actually grew up in, in an, an area called Norfolk, uh, countryside. So for us, you know, transportation was basically a combination of either walking a bicycle, the occasional bus, or, you know, parental generosity, depending on which came first. So having a car, you know, <laughs> expanded the horizon, you know, both literally and figuratively. But I think for yeah. me, Isabel, you know, Isabel was wonderful. I mean, she certainly wasn't very fast, but it was, it was mine. And I think yeah. the most memorable experience is probably still just the first time I drove her on my own, which was terrifying. Um, <laughs> of course. But... But also what comes with a car like that one, you know, she was um, old enough where you had to turn the key, give her some choke, you'd pull the starter, you'd have to let the engine warm up, you know, and then you very slowly pull her out of the driveway or, drive, you know, wherever you are. So there's also that wonderful whole experience of just connecting with the car before you can even start driving it. Yeah, I think that's what we love about old cars is they are an experience. Cars today are so reliable. They're so quiet. They kind of have dumbed us all down, I think, a little bit. And that's, at least for me, that's the joy I have in getting in an old car. Um, you kind of put your string back gloves on and go back in time and slow everything down. And you hear all the bits and pieces and noises and grumbles and crackles and pops and all those things. So 
Isabella Morris. I like that. Beautiful. I love it. How, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you wish you still had? Um, I actually don't believe in that. So I, Well, good for you. I, no, I don't. I, you know, my attitude is I don't think we're owners. I think we're custodians. So uh, yeah. any, any vehicle you're lucky to have should be enjoyed, you know, for as long a time or as short a time as, you, as you're able. Because, you know, wherever it was before, somebody else was experiencing it and hopefully... You know, whatever the car is, you're in a position to actually pass it on to somebody else afterwards, and they'll get some fun with it too. Nice. No, I've. Well, you're a lot happier about past cars <laughs> than I am. Then I, I've got to learn. See, I'm learning a couple things from you today, <laughs> Catherine. You know how to be in the moment, uh, how to let things go, and remember that you have. See, you, you've been a great teacher, a great inspiration today. I appreciate <laughs> that. So, I'd love to hear what has you excited and fired up today. I know your heart is in a place with Casa, a wonderful organization that helps children. So maybe we start there. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to tell you some more about that. So I'm what's known as a volunteer advocate. And as you said, the organization is CASA. CASA is actually a, a national organization. And I'm, I work with CASA LA. And CASA stands for, stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. And the way that my role as a volunteer works is that I'm paired with a, a foster youth. And it's a one-to-one pairing. So I'm actually there to provide additional support and advocacy to them whilst they're in the child welfare system. It's different to being a foster parent. So I'm going to actually operate alongside the foster parent or the placement that they're in, uh, alongside their social worker, interact with their lawyer. But the fundamental difference in terms of the volunteering is is that one-to-one relationship I mentioned, because so often the social workers and the lawyers have multiple cases that they're dealing with, whereas we as volunteers can just target in on on the one child and whatever particular area they need extra support in. So that might be medical issues or educational support or placement. Um, and certainly for me, I've had I've held educational rights for the foster youth that I've I've supported. I've been doing it, you know, I've been doing it now for the last, gosh, four plus years. And I have to tell you, it's it's challenging, it's humbling, but it's incredibly inspiring. And I really can't imagine a time when I wouldn't do this. Yeah. You know, you figured out the secret sauce to life, and my regular listeners have heard this. <laughs> well, you have, and here's why. Um, I get asked to do keynote speeches. I go to organizations. In fact, in January, I'm going to be speaking at uh, the the banquet, annual banquet for our local Porsche Club. Uh, very honored to be asked to do that. And what I talk about is basically what I've learned after 1,400-plus conversations with people. And the most important thing I've learned is what truly makes us happiest as human beings, and that is when we're helping others. And I've heard this over and over again from multiple people, either through business or through CASA like you have, or in a variety of ways. So again, you have. You have discovered the secret sauce of life. Doesn't mean it's easy all the time. Doesn't mean it's always pleasant, but it's when it warms our heart the most. How can people learn more about this organization? Uh, first thing I would say is go to the website. So it's www.casala.org. So www.casala.org. Org. I'll make sure I put a link to that. Fantastic things that you're doing. And I know real briefly, you work, you don't work in the automotive industry. You work in the entertainment industry, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So as um, I think as you'd mentioned at the beginning, I came over originally to the States 
back in the mid-90s, I was part of the team helping to set up uh, the DreamWorks Animation Studio. So I was involved in animation initially, and then I moved across within that within the studio to become more involved in localization and international distribution of the content of the studio. And I've stayed in that area of business. I now work for Technicolor, and uh, I oversee the localization efforts that we have to support clients' content being released around the world. Nice. Very cool. Makes sense. You're in Hollywood, baby. So, yeah, there you go. Well, Catherine, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, Catherine, we're back and I have a bit of an introspective question for you, kind of getting your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifested as a car, truck, motorcycle, what would Catherine be and why? I would be a Land Rover, and I would be a Land Rover because oh, it's, it's pretty useful, <laughs> and it doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. And with a fine British accent <laughs> as well. Where's my cup of tea? It's around <laughs> here somewhere. All right, Catherine, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Land Rover throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, That would be learn to read a map. Here's a funny thing. My wife and I have this discussion all the time. She was an engineer. We met in college. She studied engineering. She worked in that field for about 10, 11 years until she retired to stay home and raise our kids. Thankfully, she did that, sacrificed her career for that. I'm eternally thankful. And even to this day, she's much more comfortable looking at a map than using 
these devices we use to get us places. She just likes to look at a map. That's just her orientation. So uh, yeah, it's probably a a thing that a lot of people have kind of lost, although we have Google Maps, but we rely on just these devices to tell us where to go. Sometimes they tell us to go to the wrong place. So, you know, learn to read a map. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're, yeah, especially if you're doing a tour like uh, the Copper State or California Melee or something. Very important. How about a personal habit of yours that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, Don't be afraid to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The environment that I work in, we, you know, we're we're dealing with deadlines or release dates, but there's always there's always a, a, a point at which you have to be able to move up, move on from wherever you are, and you know, being able to to make a decision doesn't necessarily mean it'll be the right decision, but but a decision is better than no decision because you can at least make another one after that. So I think not being afraid to make a decision has been something that's a really useful attribute. Yeah, it seems simple, but a lot of times people just can't do that. They feel like it's so sudden or the end or something. It's it's hard to make that commitment sometimes, but very important to move forward. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share? I'm, I'm guessing CASA might be the one we're talking about here. Well, CASA definitely. I mean, that I say would be my first one. And then obviously, um, uh, if you want a second one, I'd and you did mention it, you know, the Peterson Museum. It's great being involved with it. You know, the Checkered Flag is a fantastic membership um, organization within the Peterson, but also, and again, it sort of ties in, I suppose, to to the thing that I'm, I'm passionate about. Passionate about. There's a lot that the museum does to work in terms of their educational programming that they offer to both kids and adults. And I think that aspect of the museum is something that I, I'm I'm very passionate about as well. Yeah, it's a great museum. I've had Terry Cargus, who's the director there oh, on the show. I've had yeah. some of the original uh, 200 Club members on the show, Barry McGuire and Bruce Meyer. I've uh, been on the show here, very familiar with that organization. They even shot a Cars yeah! TV episode there that's going to appear season two next year. Working hard to try to make that whole thing happen. So we got to spend a day there down in the vault shooting some of the magnificent cars. So if you haven't visited the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles, you've got to go. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I would like you to arrange for me to be able to have catch up with Ayrton Senna, if that's all right. Uh, you know, Senna's been a, a constant answer to that question for the last month. It's really interesting. And I hear so many people... Mostly Henry Ford is the one most people say. Carol Shelby's kind of a number two. But for some reason, Senna, and I think it's because uh, a shout out to Catherine Small. She's been introducing me to a lot of people lately. And uh, a lot of them I've been having on the show in the last few weeks. And they're all drivers, quote unquote. You said it yourself about yourself. Senna, definitely a driver. In fact, uh, my listeners uh, know this because they've heard it a thousand times, but I have one of his quotes on the back of my business card. I love this quote by Ayrton Senna, and it is, the past is just data. I only see the future. So, uh, yeah, if you could just get the back, the past out of your head and focus on the now once in a while, then the future, maybe that would uh, ease your mind a little bit. But yeah, Ayrton Senna is a great one. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading? Uh, there's actually a book I would like to recommend, and it's called uh, V12 Automotive Art Volume 1. And it's an absolutely stunning photography book by a man called Bill Pack. Yeah, a good friend of mine, Bill. He's been a guest on the show. Great book. And uh, in fact, I got a couple copies and gave them away as gifts this year. Um, fantastic book. I love his uh, photography. He's great. You can uh, check him out. We'll make sure to put a link to his website on Catherine's show notes page. 
Very, very nice. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Catherine, almost to the end of our ride together here today. And this question can be a bit of a doozy for some people. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, and I'm going to park that car in your garage for you to enjoy. But there are some rules to this game since I'm riding the check. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That little trick's off the table. Uh, You have to drive it. No garage queens. But last but not least, it makes this hard. It's the only one collector car you can have. So either the egg's got to go for this new car I'm going to buy you, or you've already got your collector car of dreams. What's it going to be? I don't have it. There's another slight problem with it because it's actually not a car. It's a motorbike. I hope that's that's a possibility. Okay. I would like, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to have the 1962 Triumph Bonneville that was ridden by a man called Bud Eakins in the International Six Days Trials. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you threw a curve at me here. I didn't expect that from you. <laughs> I'm not surprised, really, but that's pretty cool. I have had some guests pick bikes as, you know, the dream ride, but uh, that one's pretty special given the original rider, racer of that bike. So. I can see you cruising around the hills of Los Angeles up in the Mulholland Drive area and uh, some of those uh, nice twisties on an old Triumph Bonneville. And that's such a classic looking bike. What is it about that bike other than the the rider you love so much? It's British, of course. There's one thing. It's actually mostly about the rider. So I was really lucky, Mark. Bud was actually a very dear friend of mine in the last decade of his life. Somebody who was very special. I miss him dreadfully, and it would be it would be a wonderful memento of him as somebody who was very important to me, but also, you know, the event itself. He won a gold medal in that particular uh, ISDT, and it was the precursor to the to the to the '64 ISDT when he was part of the, the first American team that took part. But it, you're right, the bike the bike itself is beautiful. I mean, the the, the trance are, are stunning stunning bikes yeah they're great so it's yeah it's a, it's a it's a connection to the man yeah well there again i talked about it earlier these vehicles really are the catalyst that bring us all together um it's the people that matter so very nice so i'd be happy to get my hands on that and uh write it down there and park it in your garage actually probably park that in your living room that'd be pretty cool that'd be great. Keep that. <laughs> yeah it'd be fun Catherine, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. I really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before I let you go, though, could you offer us a little parting piece of guidance or wisdom before you ride off into the sunset in that 62 Triumph Bonneville? Oh, gosh. Take the time to be kind, I think. Take the time to be kind. Don't be afraid of change, because even the worst experiences end up being opportunities that we can grow from. Absolutely. Well, you've been very kind to me, so you're walking your talk. Is there a way for people to kind of follow along with you? Do you play the social media game, Instagram, Facebook? Somewhat. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my my handle is egg adventures, all one word. Uh, it's a combination of, there are some pictures of me and the egg doing the stuff we like to do. And then it's, uh, I tend to curate other interesting images and, and visuals from people that I've pulled together. Um, I'm the nice. world's worst blogger. You know, <laughs> I, I, I occasionally remember to blog if I'm doing a rally, but I have to be honest, I don't think I've done one for a couple of years, but that would be www.eggadventures.com. Please be kind if you want to berate me for not writing more often. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, so I would say that, you know, Egg Adventures on Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Or, you know, if you're on a rally, say hello. Or if you do any of the, the you know, the Professor Run or any of the other fun stuff that goes on here in L.A., come say hello. Um, see me yeah, direct. absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to those on Catherine's show notes page. And again, check out CASA, casala.org. 
wonderful organization uh, that you can contribute to, you can help with. I'm sure in a variety of ways, wonderful thing that you're doing there, Catherine. Thanks a lot for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!